welcome back to Try Not to Die. I'm your duration masseuse, Snow Perito, and I'm here with our hardened heroes. Lisa Condemi, a.k.a. Gorgonzola. My best friend is dead. My girlfriend's in jail. Groomsha's in my head. I got a bail. Oh, <laughs> true. I love when you give a rating before you tell me because I've always <laughs> like... <laughs> And like, but like, if that was an eight out of ten, like, <laughs> it was eight out of ten out of eleven. On the stupid, stupid scale, yeah, yeah, not good. But I think it was good. Thank I think you. it was. All right, sorry, I'm taking too much time away. Who you else do is here? Do this to me every time. I can. I gotta shower the, it is the flowers. I. It's the intermission. It is I, Ashley. I almost said Noah. <laughs> it is I, tell? Ashley Goodwin, oh, aka Brigid. The jungle I will scour to harness the power. Of the Phoenix Flower. Ah, very good. I almost thought of doing a flower rhyme, and I'm glad I did not. I actually thought you would. That would have been so awkward. No, Imagine if I came up with exactly this. Yeah, I thought it would be really cute, but okay, whatever. (laughs) It's like someone debuting an invention right before yours, and you're like, it's the same thing. (laughs) Well, guys, we have... Only six episodes left oh in this God, arc. You do this every time? Uh, yes, I am. And the good news is that every episode we're doing is really big. So I think this is going to be fun. But first, a word from our sponsors. How about we jump into a recap? Fine. <laughs> Last time, our heroes, still recovering from their brutal brawl within Marfin's magnificent magical menagerie, found themselves in the jungles of the Veridontes, far south of the menagerie and the home of everyone's favorite keeper, Brigid. After receiving some strange messages via her mind and speaking stone, Sola quickly used recap to loop Brigid in on what she had learned in the mansion, and the group finally found themselves fully informed on the situation at hand. Thanks to Pyre, they were able to be found by Magnolia, one of the major druids of Elder Green Haven, and were quickly brought back to the temple so they could meet with Cardman Wildspice and Blue, Brigid's father and another leader of the region. Once inside a private space, Smite's dead body was laid upon a mossy bed, and the group was finally able to meet up with the Druid of Dreams and the Orc Hunter. Smite's rancid corpse was discarded <laughs> where everyone fucking Christ. stepped on his face. Oh my god. <laughs> the mutilated body of Smite. Stop. Oh my god. <laughs> you wanna hurt us. Relieved that their daughter had returned, a quick casting of recap from Marfin allowed Cardamon to be privy of the story of Fayfall and Marfin's involvement in it, and seeing what happened to Smite vowed to help Brigid bring him back. She informed them of a salve created by a flower found only in the grove where Promia fell stored beneath the temple that could be used to reincarnate him, but added that unfortunately it could not be used without council approval. They had three options. Meet with the council and attempt to convince them, steal the salve and deal with the consequences, or perhaps the hardest option, go on a quest to find more of these phoenix flowers to create their own salve, and they may not even exist. Resurrection had not been attempted for centuries as far as Cardamon knew, and given the condition of the weave and the cost of such an expenditure, something a bit less powerful like reincarnation would be enough to bring his soul back, even if it was in a new body. She noted a lot had changed since they were gone, and when the group asked how long they had been gone, it was revealed that they had been gone for eight months. Yikes. Yikes. Jesus Christ. Apparently, (laughs) though- Children have been born. (laughs) Children- Children have been born. People have died. Apparently, though they had stopped the destruction of the many realms of Marfin, saving countless lives, they had accidentally sort of jumped several months in the future. The messages that Zola had received earlier were sending spells slash calls she had received during this eight-month period, all happening at the same time. The group was shocked. 
What had happened in their absence? Where was NP? How has the Veridontis survived for so long? And what did it mean for Zola's mother and father? All very pressing questions that Cardamon assured them they could get to in the morning given how exhausted and magically drained the party was. Breaking away, Zola took the time to reach out to Fiddlesticks, hoping she had taken Paddlewick and saved Ciceros, only to be answered by Lord Grimwald Tinderdick. What happened, Captain What Sticks? happened? <laughs> we will find out, won't we? It looks like her homecoming wouldn't be as pleasant as she had hoped. Between grief and strange visions of the beyond, they unfortunately did not get a very enjoyable rest. Though Brigid was able to push past visions of other keepers who had lost loved ones to find a memory of where the phoenix flower may still grow, Zola was once again plunged into the space between spaces, the shard now fully in mistress form and Limburger waiting for her. Zola apologized for being gone so long and for the misunderstanding of the situation she had previously held, hoping to appeal to the shard, but they seemed dead set on their plans and the path Zola needed to take. Zola responded by asking why Smite had to fall and how she could sit by while someone dedicated their whole being to serving her and her ideals only to be killed without even any word from the individual he had sworn an oath to. Mistra was unable to respond, clearly struck by the sentiment, but Limburger continued to urge Zola to cooperate with the plan. In this moment, Zola noticed that Limburger seemed still connected to or perhaps trapped in the shard, meaning that for some reason he had not been freed. Mishra replied that she had no need to free him at this moment, leading Zola to think why Grumsh wouldn't want someone who seemed so dedicated to Orcish might and their founding principles to be freed. Transported to Grumsh's fortress in the Astral Sea, our hero was summoned inside and before the war god who demanded that she follow the plan to go to the Stride Gate in Chilvin and meet Ardrahan in two weeks so together they could open the gate to the Astral Sea and let him in. She would be a vessel for his return, and she was to assist him in any way she could, going as far as to hint that he could force her to fall back in line if she chose to deviate further. Sola finally agreed, though of course, hoped to plan something to circumvent this promise, and she was allowed to return to her body, waking the next morning with Crystalix and Jerry beside her. While Brigid scoped out where the salve was hidden, getting discovered by her mother before she could go down into the sanctuary, Zola met up with Marfin and the two finally had a chance to talk without the threat of the mansion collapsing upon them. Though there was a lot for Marfin to make up for, she was thankful to have him as a teacher and he was honored to have her as a student. The two then agreed that he would help her learn sending so she could reach out to people who didn't have sending stones, and the two met up with Cardamon at her office which connected to the library of knowledge held in Elder Green Haven. Brigid took off to take a moment in her room, finding an old journal and reflecting on how different things were now before being interrupted by Trick, who had been scoping out the terrain. In their brief conversation, it was clear that Brigid did not trust the changeling, though Trick seemed ambivalent, focusing on the task rather than the emotions around it. This was going to be an interesting adventuring party. The tension is palpable. Palpable, baby. I can taste it. Zola quickly picked up Sending, and the group reconvened for a meeting on what had gone down since they left. Carterman informed them that things had grown quite dire in their several-month absence. First, the Empire had ramped up their authoritarian policies and militarization within the Empire, pushing far into the Ouroboros and the Drunkles of the Veridontes. The only thing that held them off was the secret code Smite, Kittle, and their allies in the capital had installed in newer models. Though it wasn't a guarantee, when it was successful, it had allowed them to disable and even recover a number of automatons. However, it was only a matter of time before the Auric Army and the Golden Fist burned their way to Elder Green Haven. 
There wasn't any news from the far north, but it was presumed that they had also maintained gains there as well. And perhaps worst of all, they hadn't heard from Moss or Kittle in months. Zola broke off from the group to use sending to reach out to a few folks, first calling her mother to apologize for her absence and assure her that she had survived, though a friend of hers hadn't. Her mother was overjoyed to hear from her and told her she had nothing to apologize for, informing her that the situation in the North did happen to get worse in her absence. Hiverholm had fallen, and though she, Lady Giselle, and Lady Swell Shadowshine had managed to escape, Lady Noel and her paramour's father, Archmage Pinui, had been imprisoned and the First Might had fully taken over. Things just kept getting worse, and Zola broke down wanting to reunite with her mother and Padawick despite her reservations. The next sending spells that went out were to Farmer Gianni Parma, her father, Ciziro's Pinui, her love, and lastly, and most surprisingly to me, Priya Altrui, her first fling. She apologized to her father, who of course had nothing but love for his missing daughter, relieved that she was not gone forever. To Ciciro, she assured the captured and traumatized rogue that she was on her way, and to Priya, she informed her of the finding and loss of her brother Smite, hoping that perhaps she would be able to help bring him back if need be. Priya, of course, agreed, and with the first round of folks she needed to call informed, Zola returned to the group to decide on what their next step should be. After a quick discussion, it seemed like they were all in agreement. Rather than wait for the council's permission, they would ask for forgiveness, traveling to where the phoenix flower could potentially still be growing far south of their position. With Trick on board, they would use the Plainstone to teleport there while Marfin reached out to folks throughout the multiverse to see if they had any sight on NP. And that's where we are now. The six of you, can't forget your familiars, stand in one of the smaller side rooms, having just finished this conversation. You hear the rumble of a midday storm, typical given the climate, some of the forest folk taking shelter underneath the stone and wood that make up this Angkor Wat-like structure. You know that Marfin is in his room, resting and reaching out to his resources to help him find NP. He's got like four levels of exhaustion, so pretty much that's the most he can be doing right now. Uh, Cardamon Wildspice is, of course, continuing with her regular duties as High Priestess, though you know if you needed to speak with her, or if you, I mean, when you want to get the Plain Stone, you know you just want to go to her, and she's available for anything you may need. And Crystal and Jerry are likely also somewhere else in Elder Green Haven. How do you guys want to proceed? So, our plan, to get to the Phoenix Flower, mm -hmm. using the Plainstone to cast Transport via Plants? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Um, I had a dream last night, and I think I know where it is. Okay. And it, is there just one? In my dream, there was only one, um, but it was a memory uh, of a pastime, so who knows if there even is one, or if there's more than one now. My hope is that we can at least find one. Okay. Should we let Marfin know our plan? Yeah, just let him know we'll, uh, we're running an errand, I okay. suppose. And, and we should be back by tonight? Yeah, I mean, if we go there and I find it, we should be back in, within the hour. Okay. Do we want to clue Crystalix or Jerry into this, or just us? Um, maybe they would like to come? I'll ask them. Up to you guys. I follow your lead. Okay, I'll go talk to Marfin. Okay. All right, you split off. You head down the long hallways of Elder Green Haven. Uh, Brigid, is there anything you want to do in the meantime? Are you, I mean, I guess you can go retrieve the Plainstone if you want, but if there's any other activities you want to get done before you leave. No, I just pop into my mom's office, and she's probably on the phone, and I <laughs> just grab the Plainstone. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you see your mother is uh, on the phone. No, you, um, you approach her office, and she is indeed in there um, speaking with a number of different fae and kind of informing them of the situation, of your arrival and the significance of that. And as you arrive, she takes note of you, finishes what she's saying, and kind of waves them off as they exit. They, of course, all bow to you respectfully and head on their various courses um, as your mother looks to you. Darling, how can I help you today? Well, I'm going to need that plain stone. Right, the plain stone. I don't know exactly where it is, and you see her eyes kind of like go down towards a drawer in her desk. I don't know if Brigid gets it right away. What do you, <laughs> what do you mean you don't know where it is? You've been I, doing the evacuations with me. Um... Mom, this is really serious. It's in, honey, it's in the drawer. I'm not supposed to be helping you. I don't want to be. <laughs> Just get it from the drawer, honey. I, I, if you need anything else, I'm, I'm happy to help. If there's any information I can provide, you all are leaving today or tonight, which. Yeah, we're gonna go now and hopefully be back very shortly. All right. This is. I can't. I can't wait more time. She rises from her desk and approaches you, her tall satyr form, not looming over you, but you have to look up to meet her eyes. I love you, darling. Please, be safe. Okay. Thank you. I plan on visiting Babareshi um, either later today or early tomorrow, so I will give you an update on how things are going on that end of things. Um, but for now, just be careful. My understanding is that Promia did fall somewhere in the center of the Sanguisorian Mountains in terms of proximity. If, you know, if you're going to be looking directly south, she was standing before them to raise them out of the ground. So that's the best place I can suggest to look. Okay. She looks away and again, like her, her eye traces down to the drawer where the plainstone is hidden and goes... Anyways, I don't really know where the plain stone is, um, but you... But you said it was in here, and I opened the drawer. Yeah, it's right here. <laughs> I love you deeply, daughter. I'm just joking. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I'm just trying to... Trying to... It's important to stay in good spirits. I think I'm just trying through. to distract myself, um, which is silly. Uh, it's not silly. I should just... Try and meet the challenges head on. Both things can be true. You will meet them head on, but it's okay to try and remain positive and think of ways to keep you going in the meantime. Yeah. Thanks for this, Mom. No matter what, I love you. You'll help me with the solve when I come back. Absolutely. I'll see you soon. Thanks. You head off with the plain stone in pocket, this warm sort of powerful energy from the, the leather sack that you put it in. It's unlike the other sort of conjuration shard, which was definitely very unstable feeling. It almost had like a changing in mass as you held it, so mm -hmm. to speak. Like as Zola would describe, it would basically be like, sometimes it felt like it wasn't even in her pocket, but this feels there. It feels stable. It feels more like a doorknob than a, an unknown opening. You head back as Zola heads to Marfin. Uh, and Zola, you do indeed find Marfin. He is um, falling asleep with several books around him in his bed. <laughs> I give a little uh, rap on the door frame. <gasps> hey, old man. <laughs> Stay up late studying? 
Yes, I've been reaching out to several of my associates across Feyfall and the other planes. There's a few more that I have to tap on, but so far, no sightings. Okay. The good news is that, well, I actually don't know if it's good news, but it seems like there hasn't been any sightings in the mansion as well. I was going to ask if you'd heard from people inside. Minerva is okay? Everyone's okay? Everyone seems okay. I've, you know, Minerva seems a bit confused, but... Well, you know, when I'm in person, I'll be able to explain what happened. And she's a fox, man. Hey, you know, I, I. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know how to talk about this with a student. Um, well, um. Well, you know, I'm almost nineteen. Anyway, I was wondering, do you know um an archmage Pinewe? The name is familiar to me. Yes, I believe is a member of the Elvish government in the north. But you haven't met. No, no. Uh, I must say, mages typically, outside of university settings, tend not to get along. So we, if you do like reunions or we didn't go to the same alma mater. No, so understandable. Yeah, I mean, I kind of invented the school, and you know, anyways. So um, I guess if anyone was in charge of organizing the reunion, it would be you. And I'm in terrible with my memory, I'm always right. forgetting. Mm-hmm. So I definitely have not done that. You see, Marvin thinks for a second. Goes like, did I ever attend a reunion? <laughs> I hope not. Okay, well, I was just wondering because that's Cicero's dad, and he's in jail. So. Oh well, I can. Um, I'll try and see if I have any nearby agents, so to speak, to check in on the situation. Yeah, anyone who could maybe contact them and Lady Noel Shadowshine. I mean, they're both imprisoned. It's not of the highest priority, but, you know, to let them know that we know that they've been captured and we're working on it and someone will be there eventually would be a small kindness to do to them. Absolutely. It sounds like things are going poorly up there. Yeah, I fill him in on everything that that my mom had said. Um, It sounds like it's kind of all converging on Chilvin, so... We'll probably be heading there before long. I knew that gate was going to cause trouble someday, but they'd never want to listen. Speaking of the gate, was that something that was made during your time? What are the origins of that? Yes, actually. The Stride Gate was created pre-Maldiction, probably, I mean, I do remember most things now, but obviously the minor details it's okay, are... It's a little foggy. My understanding is that, you know, the knowledge that we imparted to the elves has been used in many ways and to create many things. I know about the Cabochon Sanctuaire and the work of the Arcanum Ivrahome, but the Stride Gate was something that came to existence during that quick development of magical technology. And what was it for? They wanted to bring a god down, or what was it intended for? There are planes known as mirror planes to Feyfall. One of them is the Feywild, another one is Shadowfell, and so many elves, well, elves in Eladrin, which are a type of fey, are deeply connected. They have a, you know, an ancestral connection. They, that settlement specifically was sort of the doorway between Feywild and our world. It's been used by their people for obviously centuries to connect one of the many courts of the Feywild to the Elvish Empire. It's mainly been used as a just the doorway between this city and its sister city in the Feywild. It has never been used to access the Outer Plains, especially since the Sacred Seals were installed, so to speak. Do you think it could even support that kind of 
breach? Absolutely. I think that with the right kind of magic and certain conditions, and you see he kind of gestures to the to, to the world because he un- acknowledges that magic is in such a delicate state right now. I think it is extremely possible that it will be used for planes that are outside the mirror planes, outside the inner planes, like the elemental uh, chaos, and, well, I shudder to think about what it could bring through if used by the wrong people. I think we'll know soon. I don't like the sound of that, but I, I understand enough to know. We'll handle it. Marfin... If I can't get out of this, if I can't find a way to, well, if we can't ruin the plan, then they can't do it without a vessel. And I know you're old enough and wise enough to understand that a life for the entire world, I'm just saying, don't. Don't let me... Gorgonzola. I understand what you're trying to say to me. And I want you to know that there is almost always another way. And I promise that, no matter what, I will do the right thing to protect the most people. And that includes you. I think Sola, uh just breaks the tension with a smile and is like, yeah, you're right. Um, We're gonna go get the phoenix flower. Brigid had a vision. You're gonna what? Yeah. You can't come, though, because your legs are all not legs. I would, to be completely honest, I absolutely (laughs) (laughs) my legs are terribly old. I I I very much want to bring it up again. Yeah, I know. We should honestly, I'm trying to get more familiar with it and kind of joke around. But anyway, so I you should yeah. embrace it, you know, age gracefully. It's, you look great. Thank you. I, yeah, I'll so do my best. we're going to go get it and then try to make this salve that Brigid knows about and try and bring Smite back. If that doesn't work, then I guess there's a salve downstairs we could try and steal. Which, that might be a little bit tougher, but um, hopefully he'll be back at it tonight. If there's anything I can do, I'm here to help. I have no... I mean, it wouldn't be ideal for me to violate any sort of political treaties, yeah, but if don't. I need to, I'll do it. I mean, I've done it before. Just get as much rest as you can today. Will do. I put a blanket over his feet, and then I leave. Be safe. You too. You head out the door, and standing there is Trick waiting for you. Ready? Do you need to rest, or...? No. Okay. Um, was there anything you need? Your dagger sharpened? The blade (laughs) appears in their hands. Nope. I've been meaning to ask you, where'd you get those? I've never seen a weapon like it before. When I was in the mansion, I spent a lot of time exploring the many rooms and worlds that Marfin has created and curated. It's just one of the many trinkets I stumbled upon. Yeah, I stole a lot of shit, too. Alright, let's go find Brigid. They nod. 
Um, and they keep their eyes on you as you two walk down the hall. And Brigid, you shortly after kind of run into them on your way back to kind of trying to find Marfin's room. You got it? Yeah. Where should we do it? <laughs> I think Brigid kind of like giggles like this is so silly. It's kind of fun to be on a quest again. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely for the right cause. Yeah. Uh, let's just do it right here. We're, you know, I'm not trying to hide it. I don't really care who knows. Okay. Does your mom uh, have like a mini fridge of potions or anything we could raid? Does she? You would gather that there is definitely a like, a, you know, there is some medicine available. And <laughs> you know she does. I open up my, my jacket <laughs> to reveal I've already raided. Give me a sleight of hand check retroactively. <laughs> Thank you, Noah. 16. Yeah, I'll say that you got three potions of... And by rated, I mean I just took what was appropriate because I am scared of my mom. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Let's go. Are we teleporting or are we using that transport via plant spell? We can use the stone for transport via plants since this structure that we're in is like plant-like. We can pretty much use anywhere, right? Yes, actually, I mean, one thing you know is that this shard can literally cast any conjuration spell. Mm -hmm. So specific, it has been honed specifically for teleportation. So you could use it if you wanted to to just try and teleport directly there, or you can uh. try and use transport via plants. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's still going to be a check. You still have to kind of roll to see if you can succeed in getting the right tree. Yeah. But you'll be either way could bring you closer. It's kind of up to you. Zola winces and goes. I've done a lot of teleporting in my day. Uh, I got your back. I just think that most trees are on the ground. It's going to be thing. great. You know, there's no chance of going 500 feet in the air and then falling down. If we did. That Unless there's a tree that's really high up in the air. Let's are go. Are there any air trees? <laughs> we got this. <laughs> Brigid marches forward with the stone, finding the, essentially, I mean, again, this entire structure, the pillars that form the sort of outer section uh, that surrounds it are just giant Veridontis trees that mm -hmm. have been planted and raised there. So you just walk up to one, put the stone to it, and begin to focus on casting transport via plants. Give me a d20 roll, and you're going to add your spell casting modifier. So you can add plus five. Listen, don't worry. This is my home, and I know it well. Um, you don't have to worry about falling from a large distance, and even if you were falling, I'd catch you. <laughs> What'd you just roll? A 13. Okay. You connect to this stone and feel how it is the key to unlock any doorway, any sort of space you can move through. And you press it to the tree and you begin to focus your energies and you watch as the tree's bark begins to park and pull open and a swirling green portal begins to form. So we just go through. Yep. You first, Brigid. I think that uh, Brigid... Trick also takes a step back and goes, <laughs> I agree, that seems the most um, prudent choice. Yeah, guys, don't even worry. I think uh, Brigid says that, looks over her shoulder, looks back at the portal, realizes, uh, again, the gravity of the situation. She's been trying to... She's been just emotional roller coastering through the last 24 hours. Mm -hmm. um, and shures herself up and walks through the portal. You step through the portal and find yourself stepping out into a nightmare come to life. 
death and decay all around you. Massive trees leafless and twisted, tombstones rising from the muck, a gray sky visible above without the thick canopy. It's quiet, too quiet. The flora and fauna are gone. There is no rustling, no buzzing insects, no tweeting birds. A fog fills the air, obscuring much of what's around you, moisture released from the now dead organic matter. It almost blocks out the pale mountains with bloody streams far in the distance. You have indeed successfully cast transport via plants, but it is not the tree you expected to go through. You think that perhaps this, though you, this stone worked as well as it could, you might have been a little unfocused and unknowing of what exactly you needed to walk through to be as close as possible. All of a sudden, you feel a trick against your back because I've pushed them through the portal <laughs> and then stepped through after them. You hey, have to give people time. <laughs> just just tumble Whoa, Brigid, is this right? This is where I was in my dream, or at least I thought. This is... Give me an insight check. 15. 14. Brigid, I think that you are in a place with Trick where most of their reactions are kind of just like, this person has been nothing but a threat to me, so I'm not so invested in what sort of emotions are going on within them. But Zola, with a 15, you just barely clocked that there's almost like a... You guys walked out here and were horrified by what you saw. Trick is... Deeply unsettled. Deeply unsettled. There's a sort of, like, it's almost like they're, like, familiar with the horror that they're seeing. This is someone who's not shocked, but is filled with terror being in this space. I look at Trick and message them, because I see Brigid kind of looking around and familiarizing herself I message Trick are you okay have you been here before no it's it 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 looks f- familiar that's all and I'm I'm around death and and you see like there there's like such a disjointed sort of thought process within their own head that it's almost foggy as you're trying to speak with them. I reach over and I grab not their hand, but like their wrist and I kind of press my thumb against like where their pulse would be, almost so they can kind of like feel my pulse through their skin and I say we won't let anything happen to you Brigid is strong and we have a way out of here if anything goes wrong They look at you and the sort of emotionless mask is cracked a bit as you see fear and a sort of panic that they breathlessly try to push down. I will cast heroism on them. Their face eases. Bravery within them brings forth determination, remembering their goal, remembering the reason why they're back, remembering the job. And they nod to you. I can do it. Yeah, of course you can. I relinquish their rest, and the spell only lasts for a minute, but hopefully it's enough to that they can like find grounding in their own body. 
Yeah. And you see Bobby is kind of like, you know, was already on Trick's shoulder and is kind of nuzzled close to their neck and seems to be trying to... This is like taking an anxiety med. It's It doesn't remove all of the fear and panic, but it has deeply... It has allowed for them to settle enough to kind of refocus their mind. Mm-hmm. And you see um, still and also... Uh, cat form still I, I was actually gonna say as we step into this like kind of deathly place can still transform into a crow yes definitely you very easily at this point are able to change Stilton's form um, and you see that the crow lands on the other shoulder of trick and does a little nuzzle as well and at first they're a little unnerved by it because it is a crow it's mm-hmm. very it's a symbol of death but seeing that this creature is trying to convey comfort they nod and look forward let's move brigade so we had to have come through a plant correct this this plant that you've come through this tree it is clinging to life it is like it is not yet a dead piece of petrified wood like so much of the wood around you this looks to be one of the few trees where it is on death's door And you were able to use it. I want to cast Speak with Plants. And I want to ask this plant some questions. Brigid, you turn back to this tree as Trick and Zola kind of scope out the surroundings and then see you casting this spell. And you watch as the bark begins to part into a mouth and one of the holes in the tree sort of almost turn like you can almost sense that it's like turning its attention to you and there's a weary creaking noise I'm so sorry you're in so much pain what has happened here Saying, Brigid. It says there's a curse spreading and that we need to leave. Uh, Everybody give me a wisdom saving throw. Trick? Oh, um, Trick actually doesn't have to in this one, this specific instance because of heroism. So thanks to you, Trick isn't uh, going to roll on this. Fear. Just so. in this one specific moment, Incredible. yeah. 17 for Zola. 17? 14. Okay. You briefly feel dread and fear bubbling up within your heart almost pushing you towards madness you take a breath you remember your mission you remember how capable you are and you remember how much relies on this moment and you manage to overcome that feeling and Brigid you recognize this feeling and Babareshi would obviously as well. Um, this is the sort of dread that you felt when you first entered the Pale Waste, when you are kind of at the border of it. Not when you're within it, but when you're like entering into it, it's almost as if it's trying to like push you out or make you feel like everything is hopeless. There is no point to even continuing on. Mm-hmm. You feel that it was actually a little bit easier than that time you had to do it, you know, when you battled it heading in to get the Planestone. Mm. But I think you put it together that 
perhaps the deeper you go, since this is like a new, like this curse, this spreading of the infection is relatively new in the grand scheme of things. So you imagine that like it's not, it was easier to overcome because it hasn't fully settled in yet. This is just like the first wave was plants and animals dying off. The second wave is this intense hopelessness that takes over the land. And I think you recognize that it's, going to be potentially an omnipresent threat as you go deeper looking for the flower. And mechanically that breaks down to this was a DC 10. The longer you're here and the further you go, the higher that DC gets. Well, looks like this is our handiwork, no? Yeah. Or the lack of any handiwork. Should we locate the flower or do you think it's not close enough yet? I want to ask the tree we came through another question. We're going to get out of here, and thank you so much for your warning. Have Has there even been any growth or any life? I'm looking specifically for the phoenix flower, but if you don't feel it anywhere near, or if death surround us, surrounds us, then we will go. Sorry, I don't know. I'm sorry. Though the forest at one point may have been able to feel its surroundings and be connected to it, Mm -hmm. there is just so much decay going on that Mm -hmm. it's lost that connection. I think Brigid feels like immense guilt for this being that because she was absent for eight months or longer, her duties have not been done and she starts weighing the pros and cons of trying to find this flower here when she knows there's a perfectly good solve at home you see Trick is looking at the tree as you communicate with it obviously can't hear what it's saying but surveys their surroundings death is inevitable it is not one single person's fault. Yeah. Plus, what we're trying to do right now, the big goal is for none of this to exist anymore. I think Zola sees, like, how pained Brigid is seeing her land so diseased mm-hmm. and starts to walk forward a little bit and is like, we can handle this. We can handle anything that comes our way. Let's find the flower Let's get out. There's three of us. If one of us is feeling scared, just say something to the other one, okay? Okay. Oh, just... shit. We probably should have brought Crystal and Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I forgot about that. That's okay. Listen. Do you think they have the mental fortitude to handle something like this? Definitely not, Jerry. Oh, my God. Yeah. I so think perhaps we that was actually a good move not to bring Yeah, them. yeah. I think we would have. Uh... <laughs> still not very concerned. Chris, I just picture Chris <laughs> going mad. <laughs> We gotta go, guys. It's scary as hell. Yes, I think we would have uh, been on our way back home by now if they had come. So I'm glad they didn't. Listen, um, I just don't know if staying here is worth it. There's so little time left in the next nine days. I don't want us to go on a wild goose chase. Let me try one thing. And then maybe we just go back home and get this all for ourselves. Okay, if you think so. 
are not fucking around anymore. We follow your lead. I'll cast Locate Creature. You open your mind up, feeling your surroundings, trying to connect to the little life that remains. And you don't yet feel the flower. But you also look in the distance and see how far the mountains are and remember how close they were in your vision and know that you might have to walk a little bit before you get any sort of ping. I think we should push on. We've got the plain stone. If the salve goes wrong, we'll have to come here again anyway. We should have everything that we can get at our fingertips. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. I take off running. (laughs) Is that normal? Yep. I take off running, too. (laughs) Trig uh, just, like, rolls her shoulders a little bit um, and charges forward. Your familiar is following. Bring it. You're leading the way, but your allies are definitely helping you. Why don't you give me a survival check, and you can roll with advantage. You're going to want three successful checks in order to find the way. So we'll start with this one. With advantage... Uh, the first one is a 26. Okay. You begin to make good headway into the decayed forest that was once your home. You press on, and at least for now, your elvish eyes are able to pierce through the fog and see the Sanguisaurian Mountains and move towards them with certainty that you are not getting turned around or twisted. You successfully complete one leg of the journey. Give me another survival check question of course that um check that we did was that the frightened condition or is it different than is dread different than frightened so there I'm is i'm immune to the frightened condition with the tusk with the on tusk. me so i just want to make sure so i will say that there is an aspect of this that you could be immune to but there might be some things that you could still fall victim to okay. you continue to march through give me another survival check with advantage mm-hmm. i will tell you now that you've succeeded once the dc is 20 27. Brigitte is so determined. She can see the flower in her mind amongst all of the disease and all of the decay. A rumble of thunder as the sky opens up. You step onto mucky terrain. You have to navigate the still, I mean, a lot of these massive root systems that, as I've described before, are like sidewalks, still exist here. They've not completely decomposed and fallen away. So you guys use them to kind of navigate over the muck that has formed and the various bones that are scattered amongst here. At one point, you pass by um, a massive skeleton of what was maybe like a sort of like fey mammoth that has died and begun to decompose you see many many horrible sights as you walk through this once vibrant land now turned into a graveyard you occasionally do hear a noise rattling crunching as we're going through the forest i'd like to leave not really big and obvious but just a few small prestidigitation markers of just like a pigment on a tree branch somewhere um Maybe even like um, casting it through Stilton as he's flying above us and just kind of casting it on like a branch above us. I can only have three at a time, but just as we're going deeper and deeper of just giving ourselves small beacons of the way we were coming. You 
make um, little markers on your trail, trying to give you at least some sort of bearing in case you happen to have to return the same way you came. This does cause you to, like, s- sort of fall behind, but not so much so that Brigid is, like, really, really far ahead. Just enough that at one point, Trick stops with you as you're doing one. Um, and when you finish, you see that they're looking you right in the eyes and focusing on your red eye. Hi. When did that happen? Um, a couple months ago, I guess now. Um, I died. I know. I can tell. Yeah. It changes you, right? It does. Did you see anything? Yeah, I went where orcs go. I went to um, Grimsha's citadel in the Astral Sea, and I begged for my life back, and he took my eye and (laughs) called me a failure and kicked me back down here to finish the job. What about you? I met them. The end of all things. I thought that there would be someone there, but I didn't expect them to be so kind. Who was it? I don't know. They said this wasn't the end, that it was only the beginning. What did they look like? Faceless. More of a feeling. Oh. I... I was told that it wouldn't be easy and that a part of me wouldn't return. I wonder what you lost when you returned. At least my eye. (laughs) Zola? Trek? We're coming. Do you like being alive again? I don't know if I know yet. It's funny, when you drove your blade into my chest, I was... I, I wasn't angry. I was just shocked. I didn't think you had it in you. I don't... I don't... That's why I tried so hard to bring you back. I don't want that part of me. If that's what I lost, then good. We should catch up to Brigid. You're right. If you ever want to talk about it, you know there's one person who understands at least a little bit. Give me a persuasion check. One. Not a nat one. A two minus one. Okay. A nat one would have been really bad. I think it, Zola expresses this and then uh, like looks down at like a, the start of the scar that kind of extends towards Trick, Trick's neck and it just falls totally flat. The person who killed you saying that they can talk to you about being killed. Never mind. And I'll take off running. They watch you go waiting for a moment before following Bobby scampering next to them as they do. 
The Sanguisaur Mountains grow ever larger as you seek out your final destination, these pale stone peaks rising high into the sky, unnaturally jagged and chaotic. Red streams flow from the rock, the clouds that are stopped by the mountains depositing their water which is then dyed by minerals and iron, or so they say. From here it looks like the bottom jaw of a titan, stretching to the horizon in both directions, but you know Promia once stood not far from here, giving her life to raise this powerful barrier. It is a symbol of success. You continue on and see that the terrain slopes downward before the mountains, and a path has sort of formed from the decay in stone. It's almost funneling you towards the base. It becomes a lot harder to kind of have a more spread out approach. You have to kind of follow the way that the ground has been formed and warped by the corruption. There even does actually seem to be some sort of path, though it must have been just covered by foliage for centuries. Now uncovered through death. Brigid, give me that final survival check. I see Brigid start to veer off of the path, and I'll use my 11 portent roll. Oh, that's better. But I don't know if the DC went up. Mm, possible. 11 plus 11 is 22. That succeeds. The DC did not go up for the survival check, but I do need you guys to roll a wisdom saving throw. The DC is no longer 10. You have been traveling for some time. I'm going to say that it's probably been about maybe a few hours. You are much deeper into the woods. Fuck. Fuck. What'd you get? A seven. <sighs> Trick failed also. We all failed. Uh, each one of you roll a D6. I got a natural one, though. Noah, may I use my indomitable? Yes, yes, you absolutely can. This is exactly what Indominable's for. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and roll that and see if I can just be the one person who doesn't go mad with fear. I mean, a nat one on Brigid's roll is not great. <laughs> okay, <sighs> come on. I don't think my Indominable has ever worked before. <laughs> Everybody pray. You're listening, pray. This actually, this dice is not, <laughs> is not doing well today, so. Mine are not either, to be fair. Come on, Keegan. 14? 14 is just what you needed to pass in this case. Whoa. The DC has gone up by four since you've been traveling for a few hours and you are deeper. So three hours of travel plus one and they, you just pass it. I start to look around and see both Brigid and Trick kind of breathing heavier and I start to get a little bit freaked out and then I realize that if everyone is going to lose their goddamn mind that I need to be the one person to stay sane. <laughs> I think Brigid, uh, as Brigid's like going down deeper down this path, it's like a downward slope you said, mm -hmm. uh, Brigid trips and falls and that, tr like you know how when you trip and or when you fall down yeah. it triggers this like anxiety feeling immediately? Totally. I think Brigid falls and slips and falls and is falling down this path and uh, can't find her footing. Brigid! Oh. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Roll a d6 for me. What do you mean it doesn't matter? Brigid, are you okay? It's a three. Brigid, you hear Trick say that and you begin to feel that as well. There's this deep apathy rising within you. You're beginning to feel like, what if what if it's not there? And what if there's nothing you can do? What so, would be the point of any of this? Is is this all just fruitless? It's all my fault anyways. Dead because of me. I 
catch up and I lift Brigid to her feet. What's wrong? What's wrong? Oh. It's okay. It's just a little bit further. Oh, it's not okay. He's dead because of me. It's because of me anyway. It's fruitless. Why did we... I knew we should have turned back when we got here. Brigid, it's not fruitless. This is all my fault. Uh, can I look around and see, like, in my limited kind of wisdom, um, if there's anything I think that could, like, shake Brigid and Trick out of this? I guess give me an arcana check. Okay. 19. With a 19, you believe that some powerful healing magic could assist them. You're not sure exactly what spell or what it would cost, but you... You see that both of your allies are suffering from this sort of despair, this apathy that's forming in that they feel like they may not be able to do anything. And you think that perhaps you'd be able to convince them to keep going just by word, but that's a deeper feeling that's going to be hard to cut out with just some persuasive arguments. How is Pyre reacting? Pyre, obviously, like, bounded to your side along with Zola, but seems to be looking at you and, and is deeply concerned. You know, Pyre's usually just this fiery sort of, not aggressive, but like, you know, proud and strong being. And you see that they're deeply concerned that this person who has always been steadfast in her, her determination is suddenly faltering. You have disadvantage on death saving throws and dex checks for initiative. Zola, knowing that I have no kind of healing magic really that I have used my one use of heroism on Trek earlier. I just grab everyone by the hand, bring it on one side, Trick on the other. I think the familiars are kind of like pushing us forward too with all the energy that they have mm -hmm. and I just keep walking down the path with them hand in hand and start talking to them. It's just in your mind. It's just the stupid fucking skeletons and stupid fucking Nula. We have to do this for Smite. We have to do this for us. Don't say his name to me. We have to do this. No, I can't. I can't. I can't do it anymore. He's gone. I can't do it anymore. We have to or he's gone for good. Is gone. I just keep plowing on and I'm like physically pulling Trick and Brigid behind me. You're strong enough to be able to do that with ease, if I'm being honest. You're, I mean, Brigid, you may feel like stopping, but you also don't feel like stopping your ally from dragging you. It just, it, it all feels like too much. And so you allow them to pull you forward alongside Trick. Trick looks like they're succumbing to that same feeling they had when they first arrived here, that like horror of familiarity and the suddenly feeling like it was all for naught. But you push on, Zola. You walk deeper and deeper into the twisted wood. I think on the Nat one, Brigid's like, sure, if you want to go deeper into this, let it take me too. You march deeper and deeper, following this sort of path that looks like it's been formed hundreds of years ago. And Brigid, as you walk with Zola, you begin to kind of have that feeling of deja vu. 
things begin to look a little bit more familiar. It's drastically different from when your past life had once visited here, but you see the familiarities. You see the trees that once were blooming. You see the, f the adventure that you had once gone on. You begin to remember the details of that memory, the reason why that keeper went. She was a human. She was raised in the temple in a way that similar to you, where she did not know her parents and she was raised by the high priest at the time. And though she became a great and powerful keeper, when the high priest passed, trying to save some forest folk in danger, her resolve in the necessity of death broke. And she too sought out the legend of the Phoenix Flower. As you walk deeper and deeper, you find yourself walking in her footsteps. How she got here, you remember pushing through trees and entering into that grove, the burning tree at the other side, the flower blooming before it. You remember walking towards it, kneeling down, uttering a prayer of gratitude and asking for forgiveness. You don't know how to get what you need from this flower. The only way to do it is to bring it with you. And so you do. And as you're feeling that, everybody give me perception checks. Based on sight? This is indeed based on sight, though there is an audio component. <laughs> 17. 25. Brigid, I think that you begin to put things together. As I said, you, you're remembering, you're getting that feeling of deja vu. And though you still feel that, that deep, painful, hollow hopelessness, you can't deny that you know you're heading in the right direction. It probably isn't there, but you'll at least be able to see for yourself. Brigid has resolved to prove that it's hopeless by going and not finding it. Is this the way, Brigid? Yes. Noah, do I feel like my spell, Magic Circle, Magic Circle protects you from a creature charming frightening or possessing you if i erected the magic circle would it kind of give us like a moment of breaking it is this like is nula herself kind of creating this then could i make nula who's undead the creature not allowed to affect us from outside of the magic circle I think that I would be willing to have that come down to a role. I think okay. that that's a very interesting use of that spell. And I think that in theory, it would at least give your mind a reprieve enough to try and refocus. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I guess tell me what you do. I stop and I kind of like I am a kindergartner teacher who is like insisting that everyone stay in line. I turn around and I forcefully put Brigid's hand in Trick's hand and they go... Just stay still, everyone, and try not to freak out. And I have to cast this at a fifth level because I don't have anything lower that can cast it. So I'll use one of my fifth level spells and erecting a, a glowing green circle of, it almost looks like Aurora Borealis. Um, I've cast it before and it's looked a lot like Smite's Flame and all of our powers put together, but I think not wanting to remind Brigid of that. It is just this kind of like anti-dead repelling force, like a vibrant and healthier green than the necromancy magic, more like the jungles of the Veridontis, and just try to close out that like foggy brain feeling. 
you erect this powerful magical barrier as you all stand briefly within it. You're touching upon the magic that is within your bloodline in a way, that, that green, the vibrant life and the power of your ancestors as you push away the magical feeling. Give me a spell attack. The DC would be based off the previous roll, be a DC 14. You can roll a spell attack, and you're trying to beat that. Okay. And then that will give your allies a chance to re-roll their wisdom saves. Okay, so plus 11 to this. Incredible. 20. Dirty. Your powerful magic, your connection to your blood, and most importantly, your desire to be there meaningfully for your friends allows you to push past the powerful magic that is infecting this area. Brigid and Trick can now re-roll their wisdom saves. With advantage or disadvantage? Just straight save this time. Is everyone feeling better? (gasps) (laughs) Yeah, we're feeling good with that nat 20. (laughs) A nat 1 to a nat nat 20. 20. The power of friendship. Brigid, this isn't like you. Normally, you're really pissed off about this kind of shit. <sighs> I am fucking pissed off about this kind of shit. Oh, there you are. I'm so sorry. Don't be. Don't be. That's what friends are for. Trick. You see Trick is glossy-eyed looking off into the forest, still succumbing to the despair within their heart. And at this point, Zola, you, with your previous perception check, begin to hear movement throughout the woods. You see that trick seems to be looking off in that direction south. I think we have to go fast. It's this way. Although, real quick, if we wanted, I don't know who that is, but we could wait this out. This is going to last for three hours. Or do we think that we're just giving an army an opportunity to sneak up on us? Um, but we I... could wait and see. Does it seem like the... Uh, like they're approaching us, coming through the woods towards us, or they're like skirting alongside us. Yeah, you sense, okay, so the sound itself is definitely coming from south of you. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's not directly south of you necessarily. It's kind of, um, and it's hard to pin down, so it's a little bit more amorphous, but it looks, it's like, it's definitely coming from a direction and getting a little louder. Um, I don't think it's an army, but I think it's something. I know where we have to go. I can see it in my mind. Let's just go. We'll grab it respectfully and then we will use the plain stone to get out of here okay you got this okay don't lose hope should you stay with trick inside the bubble perhaps and i will run um no i don't want to leave you alone because what if that happens again i almost felt it happening to me okay. i think that we were almost all lost for a second brigade Maybe you're right and we shouldn't have come here. We've got to get out of here. Okay. For smite. And, uh... I kind of look at Trek like, we're gonna run once I drop this. They seem... They acknowledge the look you give them, but you could tell that they deeply feel like this is a failed mission already in action. Oh, gosh. Okay, I prepare to let it fall and prepare to grab Trick's hand again and start pulling them along with Brigitte. You raise your blade and watch as the circle dissipates and Shadow seems to return to the space. Trick, again, still looking lost, 
is limp in your hand as you pull them along, and Bobby and Stilton flying alongside, Pyre bounding next to Briga. You guys push forward into the wood deeper and deeper, the mountains rising higher and higher. I want to send Stilton on a loop around us to go check out what that movement in the woods was and have him come back to me as soon as he finds it. Okay, give me a perception check for Stilton. Okay. Oh, brutal. Uh, Stilton got a nat one. I think that once Stilton gets high enough into the sky, Stilton is lost amongst the fog and cloud that has settled over the space. And for a moment, you almost lose contact with them. You have a few, you do your classic like mental check-in every once in a while. You phase into it and Pyre, Bobby, and Brigitte have to like rush to your aid. Um, I think I'm actually, I'm so scared of this place that I don't even warg into Stilton. Mm-hmm. I just send him away, but I'm I'm afraid to even blink and take my eyes off of Brigitte or you definitely feel that fear and you definitely for a moment feel like Stilton moves out of your range um, I think I call him back at that moment you bring Stilton back and you see Stilton looks a little disoriented feathers a little ruffled what was that ah ah and just looks lost panic start you can tell that maybe that feeling of dread was starting to get to them which mm-hmm. is it looks like maybe Faye or familiars in a way have a kind of a little bit more of a breathing space from it and maybe that breathing space is getting smaller. Yeah, okay. I tuck still in uh, into my jacket and keep running with him. I think Brigid sees Stilton wavering and that gives her even more urgency. So uh, she's going to cast Locate Creature um, now on the flaming tree. Okay. You, again, open your mind and try and connect to the little life that may remain here. And you do get a ping. Just at the edge of the spell's range, you feel a warmth. This way. You rush forward, and as you're rushing forward, you guys aren't really being that stealthy. That's true. You're moving down the path, the thicket of dead wood growing more and more dense, petrified briars creating a tunneling effect that guides you deeper. You push down those feelings of claustrophobia as the world becomes smaller, your range of motion limited in this tighter tunnel. It stretches on for quite a bit. As that warmth in you, Brigid, grows stronger and stronger, you fight the feelings that you're going in the wrong direction, knowing that this has to be the way forward. Just as you're getting to the end of the spell's duration, you see a flicker in the distance. Light at the end of this tunnel. As you're walking forward, you hear something coming from all around you. Chattering, crunching, marching. Can I drop Locate Creature and cast Longstrider on myself? You cast Longstrider on yourself. That gives you additional movement. Empowered by how close to the end of your quest you already are, you pick up the pace and you watch as your allies are almost left in the dust for a moment and you charge forward towards that light. Trick goes, they're here. We're almost there. They're here. We're almost there. Wait, can I cast it on all of us? If, if yeah, I if cast you it cast it, level. yeah, absolutely. Everyone feels that sort of power that it's almost like there definitely was that it's because you know it's like that humid feeling but that, that like cold hot feeling of like a deeply humid day it kind of is released for just a moment and you feel that like a little bit more movement return to you and you feel a little bit more energized as you charge after brigand let's go 
And as you do, the sounds of chattering and crunching and marching get stronger and stronger and stronger. As you're rushing forward, <laughs> bursting from the briars beside you is a skeletal displacer beast. The bones rattling. It's <laughs> this horrifying hollow sort of grinding roar as pushing through more of the dead foliage skeletons of all types, small rats, large mammoths, and even humanoids. Brigid, you recognize these humanoids seem to have been marching from the south. They're kind of bursting, cutting you off from where the grove is, and you realize that these people might have been from below the mountains and have begun to march north towards living wood. You see some with twisted horns, others partially broken, dragging themselves forward as they rush from the briars. They're here. I need everyone to roll initiative. Nothing we can't handle. 17 for Zola. Nine. Even with disadvantage, Trick gets an 18. <laughs> <laughs> Perks of being a rogue, guys. I have good news for you all. Since they essentially lurched out of the wood at this last moment, you guys managed to have a moment to react. Trick is going to go first. At initiative 20, the horrors of this forest lurch forward and you begin to feel the dread picking up in your hearts. I need everyone to roll a wisdom saving throw. Except for Trick, who is already suffering from the effects. Dirty 20. Four. Fuck. Zola, give me a d6 roll. Okay. I know this is a different effect, but I at least can't be frightened with the tusk on me. That is correct. Five. And that is exactly what you want to roll in this case, because that is dread. The character has disadvantage on all saving throws and gains the following flaw. I am convinced that this place is going to kill me. But Zola knows that she's already dead. Being familiar with this feeling, I tighten my grip on my blade. That is going to be the lair action. Up next is going to be Trick. Trick, feeling apathy within their heart, feeling the familiarity of death all around them. You see them not even reaching for their dagger as they as they look around. It's happening again. Because of the apathy effect, Trick unfortunately loses their turn just getting ready, pulling out their dagger. They fumble with it a little bit. They nervously look around and seeing the skeletons lurching for them, you can tell that they think that they're going to fail here. Fight, fight, you have to fight. That is Trick's turn. It is now your turn, Zola. <sighs> okay, looking out at the enemies, what are the biggest players on the field? There are a number of massive players, literally. There are, it looks like you see, there is, at least near to you, there's that displacer beast. There are um, some, like, other jungle cats, a mammoth-like creature. One of the skeletons looks to be a sort of minotaur carrying this massive great axe that is long rusted. Take your pick. <laughs> okay. And this army that has kind of surged towards us from the south, does it seem endlessly pouring through the woods or does it look like I could get onto the other side of them? Give like me a perception check. Teleportation? Yeah. 24. Time seems to slow as the burning red eye in your head focuses, 
calculating the battle mechanics ahead of you, seeing the likelihood of success. You look towards where Brigitte has been leading you down through this like briary tunnel that they seem to be tearing through. On the other side, looks to be some sort of opening, some sort of, I mean, grove, for lack of a better term. And though it is still pretty far away, looks like it's maybe about 120 feet away from you, you do see light. You think that it might be possible that essentially these creatures went around the grove. Like maybe they couldn't even go into it. How many feet? The full distance to get there would be probably about 120 feet. Okay. Long strider. Oh, I have long strider. That's on true. That. You do. Everyone what currently has. Adds 10 additional feet of movement. Okay. As they begin to surge forward, you hear rumbles in the sky as if the environment itself is reacting to this inevitable conflict. With the rain pouring down on us, I turn to Brigid. Meet us on the other side. I will dimension door with Trick 120 feet into the glade. You grab Trick just as one of these monstrous sort of... And some of these are fully skeletons, but other creatures look to be like partially decayed. This displacer beast roars and leaps at you, rotting flesh falling from its jaw as it opens it far too wide and you disappear. And reappear tumbling in to the grove. You see that the trees surrounding it do indeed look dead, but turning your attention across to the other side, you see one stands, still living, this burning Veridontis tree. I'll run over to it with my movement. You run over to it with your movement. This is gonna be your full turn. Mm -hmm. You look around, you don't see any flower. Okay, uh, Brigid? That is going to be your turn, Zola. It is now going to be Brigid's turn. Bonus action, activate my bracers of the elements. <laughs> Power begins to flow through you. I cast a fifth level flame strike, and coming down from the heavens in both fire and radiant light is a s massive cylinder of fire. A vertical column, actually, of divine fire roars down from the heavens in a location you specify. Each creature in 10 foot radius, 40 foot high cylinder centered on a point within range must make a dexterity saving throw. A creature takes 4d6 fire damage and 4d6 radiant damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. I think channeling smites energy. This radiance plus my fire, I'm thinking of him only as I try and destroy or deflect as many of these beasts as possible and sprint through to the glade. Looking to clear the path ahead, these radiant flames begin to swirl around you, pyre flaring as well to match them. You press forward. Uh, what do they roll? Dex save? Yes. Okay. DC 19. That's a natural one, so they're going to fail. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and roll damage. And because of the use of this radiant power, I'm gonna make a ruling and say you can add an additional damage die to the radiant side of the damage. Additional six? Just an additional d6. Ooh, hear that? Chunky chunk. You hear that? <laughs> All right. Nice rolls, Brigid. 38. Whoa. Nice. Ooh, baby. That's, that's like the most competent I've ever felt at D&D <laughs> just as now. <laughs> this torrent of flame explodes immediately. Any of the undead in that area are 
disintegrated, turned to ash as you burn your way to the grove. You charge forward. Because of this, you have managed to avoid any opportunity attacks that would have been coming your way as you ran through. You've cleared the path. You move a total, because you can only use your movement after that, you move a total of 45 feet. Pyre running alongside you, you guys charge through as more undead begin to tear through the woods after you. You see that they had also almost kind of pulled around you like they've been trying to herd you into a single isolated spot and they're now pouring in from where behind you from the sides chasing after you all these different undead creatures screaming and chattering these horrifying hollow noises as you charge forward you see the grove is getting clear it's about 75 feet away from you uh that is going to be this swarm of skeletons the closest ones in a full dash get to you that is their turn however and the rest of them also kind of surge in they are unable to attack this round but you see them already moving in stepping over the ash and charging after you already close to surrounding you once again um, that is going to be the top of the round. I need everyone to again roll a wisdom saving throw. The rain pouring down around you. You charge forward, but still feel that deep despair. Do uh, you see flower trick anywhere? What does it matter? 18. 18. 15. 15. It matters 15. a lot. It matters a lot. You both actually succeed. Um, 15 is the DC. You have managed to shrug off the effect. Feeling so close to the end of your quest already, you push on. That is going to be Trick's turn. Um, Trick on this turn is going to, you know, seeing that you have a task at hand that's still kind of push within them to try and accomplish the job. Trick lost their last turn. I am going to roll to see if they can assist. That is a 14. They're going to give you the help action on whatever your turn is. Okay. Whatever you need, I guess I'm here. Thanks. That's really um, inspiring. Really? Patting it doesn't the feel ground. that way. <laughs> um, it is now your turn, Zola. Okay. I glance back at the opening of the glade. Uh, how far away is the swath of undead? They are, like Brigid, 75 feet away. Okay. I toss my hand up and throw Stilton into the air, not to fly up and into the clouds, but to just do like a low sweep like a sterling bird over the grass to see if there's any kind of um, small outcropping of flowers that I'm missing. And I will just um, look wildly around, still dragging Trick alongside me. I will pull them towards the tree and kind of kneel down at its base and start looking around at its base and call up to the tree. We need the phoenix flower. Do you have it? Give me a perception check. You could roll with advantage since Trick is helping you. You see, it's mo it's actually more Bobby helping you because Trick <laughs> is just kind of like, what's the point? 25. 25. You search around, and though you weren't a part of the vision, you find that there is a kind of patch, a little tuft of green that still exists despite most of this grove having been fully killed by whatever the infection is. It's a little tuft, but there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. No flower. You don't see a stem, at least not right away. Um, okay, okay. Brigid, there's something, I think. You have a bonus action, but that's your turn. I'm just kind of sweating and um, wiping the 
rain off of my face. I keep glancing back to see if Brigid is getting any closer. You turn back and see Brigid is indeed charging towards you with Pyre by her side, but it looks like the skeletons are about to catch up. And you also, I mean, with Stilton's help, you pretty much assure yourself that this patch is literally the only patch of life that looks to be here. Okay. That is your turn. It is now going to be Brigid's turn. Run, Mama, run. Seeing all of these creatures surrounding me, I think that uh, Brigid will bonus action command Pyre to use Flame Seed to attack anyone in front of me or around me, and I will use my action to dash to the Glade. You and Pyre rushing forward. Pyre... Spits, you can roll an attack as one skeleton lurches out at you. 19. It's 9. Spits, and you watch as a, a burning bead of flame explodes and knocks one of the skeletons apart as several others leap forward onto you, clawing at you, biting at you. Those that are humanoid that carry rusted weapons stab towards you. Um, you manage to push many of them away as you run, but they are going to get some attacks on you. One of those is going to definitely hit with the, with an 18 plus their bonus and then the other one is a 16 plus their bonus that both of those are going to hit mm-hmm. you take 38 damage mm-hmm. as Isn't you that the same damage that you did to them that is I'm, I believe exactly so exactly the same you Whoa. hit them for 38 and they hit you right Damn. back for 38 um, <laughs> petty skeletons <Whoa. laughs> you deserve this give up I need you to roll an opposed grapple check, so athletics or acrobatics. I'll take athletics. Dirty 20. Dirty 20. That beats the nine that I rolled. That's why I (laughs) scoffed under my breath. Um, You managed to push away from them and get out of the swarm before they can pile on and pin you down. You run the full distance and tumble into the glade, narrowly evading those that have already begun to swarm and force their way forward. That is your turn. It is now the swarm's turn. You watch as they catch up to you and begin to run into the glade and begin to crumble and fall apart, almost like losing the animation, um, fighting against the warmth of this burning tree. They crumble into the ground, but you notice something. As they crumble and coat the dusty dirt floor that has taken over from the foliage that once bloomed here, those that follow after them are able to get a little bit further into the grove, using the bodies of those fallen to climb forward as they tumble apart as well. See? Pointless. I run forward and I uh, see Brigid like stumble back into the glade, like her heels kicking back against these skeletons, kind of pull her in uh, and safely towards the tree. Oh my god, that was amazing. But I don't see the flower anywhere. I think you might have to find it. I run up to the tree as fast as I can. That is the swarm's turn. Top of initiative. I need everyone to give me that wisdom saving throw once again. You are going to roll with advantage because of your proximity to the tree. Okay. Not 20. <sighs> Brigid and I have a mission. Um, I believe this is a 15. 15 just passes. Okay. Um, you guys both manage to shrug off that despair. You're so close to your goal. You just have to find it. Where is this flower? Yeah, Brigid hears Zola say, I can't find the flower that's not here. And uh, 
they shake off that despair and run towards the tree. That is Trick's turn. Trick has been suffering from the despair this round. They stand dangerously close to the edge of the glade. I'm gonna roll a check to see if they can act. That is an 11. You see that they, kind of regaining some of their awareness, grip their dagger, take a step back. What do I do? What do I do? Stay with us. They are going to use their movement to back closer to you guys. they just basically going to ready an action for mm-hmm. if anything begins to happen. Um, that is their turn, and it's now your turn, Zola. Okay. I turn to Brigid and say, whatever you need, I'm here. I don't know all about all this nature stuff, but I'm here. Do we have to ask the tree, or... I'm going to see if this tree has anything to say. Just stand by me. Help me if I need it. I will uh, stand guard okay. at Brigid's back and uh, with one arm kind of out, like in front of where Trick is standing, and then my body in front of Brigid, I will pull the tusk out and prepare to take on any undead that reach us before Brigid can finish. Okay. That is now going to be Brigid's turn as you hold your action. I want a bonus action, Command Pyre, to move Trick as far away from the uh, undead beings as possible in case on the next save they fail and they decide they want to walk into the army of this undead skeletons. Okay, I'm going to say, because Trick used their movement to come back to you, we'll say that Pyre is going to prepare an action to teleport or, like, you know, pull Trick back so that they cannot walk into the fray as you put it okay so feeling at least a bit of calm under no knowing that Zola is near me that pyre's got trick if necessary and that these undead are being held off for at least the time being i think brigand takes a big deep breath <sighs> touches the base of the tree kneels down on both knees hands on the tree casts speak with plants and expressing the most humility, the most gratitude. Hello? You reach out with your mind, your connection to life as the keeper of the all fire. You try and bond to this fusion of elemental power and life. And as you do, you open your eyes and it's almost as if all of the foliage has returned here. It's a beautiful, blooming grove. Grass covers the ground. All of the bushes and trees surrounding you are filled with life. And standing before you is a beautiful elven woman you've seen once before in a vision, Promia. And she looks to you. It's so good to meet you. Her spirit distant, far. She has long descended behind the sacred seals, and you imagine that perhaps the only reason you're even able to connect with her in this capacity is because of how much the weave has weakened. And she looks at you, and though she doesn't speak, you see her eyes look to the spot where the flower might have once grown, and she looks to you. It's not here. These green eyes, similar to yours... Give me an insight check. 14. You see that she's looking at the spot. She's not giving you a face of defeat. She's not giving you a face of 
turn now. You made a mistake. She looks to the spot and looks back to you. Think of the phoenix. And you pull out of this vision. You turn, you, you hear the clattering of bones as more and more of these undead lurch forward and tumble losing the animation that brings them to life, their allies crawling further and further, the gap between you and them getting smaller and smaller. Um, Brigid, um, are you gonna grow a flower real quick, or...? That is your turn. I need one of you to roll a d4. Sure. D-shore. One. That is how many rounds it will take for them to reach you. No. Now we are at the top of initiative as more and more of these undead again pour through, crawling over each other, their bodies falling apart and turning into debris that the others continue to crawl over, some humanoids, some animals, eyes glowing green, possessed with necromantic energy. By next turn, it looks like they may be able to reach you. That is going to be top of the round. I need everyone to roll me a wisdom saving throw. Again, you can roll with advantage. Excellent. Oh man. That's an 11 for Zola. Roll a d6 for me, please. Three. I also rolled two sixes and with my bonus wisdom is 11 as well. Roll a d6 for me. Six. Zola, seeing the destruction, the death and decay, the increasing number of undead swarming around you, the power of the grove not able to keep them at bay any longer, you can't help but feel hopelessness forming in your heart. I don't see Promia, right? You don't see Promia. Oh you my god. You just see Trick staring at the dead coming, and they look to you. It's gonna happen again. I'm so sorry I brought you here. You, this round, will have to roll to see if you can act. Uh, you also have disadvantage on death saving throws uh, and any sort of dex checks. Brigid, seeing Promia filled with this intense motivation, you begin to feel unhinged. You begin to feel a madness creeping, a sort of power hungry. What else can you do? Your mind loses focus on what you're doing. You are suffering from madness. <laughs> I um, feel that deeply. <laughs> at the beginning of your turn, you're going to have to roll a d10 to see how you will act this round. Oh my god. Trick uh, has to roll to see what they will do this round. Uh, again, 10 or higher. They are able to act in a way that is not going to fucking get them killed. That is a three. They begin to walk towards the undead. No. Pyre, having held their action, is going to attempt to keep them back. They're not a willing creature, so you can't do any fiery teleport at this moment. But we will roll opposed grapple checks. You can use Pyre's dex or their strength to essentially keep Trick from, like, running, f like, you know, moving forward towards the undeath. Mm -hmm. We should just get it over with. I'm so tired. Whoa. 11. With a nat 20, you watch as Pyre leaps forth and attempts to use their teeth to grab onto Trick's clothes, but the dagger glows and they <laughs> disappear and reappear at the edge, the skeletons wrapping themselves around them and trying to crawl. Just leave me. Can I use my portent in the condition that I'm in? Give me a charisma check. 
Okay. And you know what? I know that you don't have good charisma. I'll let you add your proficiency bonus to this. Okay. You're trying to be a DC 15 to feel like motivated enough to try and prevent this future you see. I think Sola is so scared right now and the fear isn't of what's happening around her. The fear is that everything that she has done to keep Trick safe has just been pointless and useless. And right now, this stupid decision of hers is gonna make her lose them again. <gasps> okay, plus my proficiency, I rolled a 22. Your will, your confidence in yourself, you know that this is wrong and you know that it isn't, it shouldn't be this way, you are allowed to use your portent. No, and I give Trek my nat one portent on their grapple check. You watch that reality unfold where they willingly throw themselves to the undead, but this time you see the dagger is jostled out of their hand by Pyre, who manages to like wrestle and pull them back. Trick going, why are you doing this? Why are you wasting your time on me? That is Trick's turn. That is what Trick can do this round. You have successfully made their movement zero. Now it is going to be your turn, Zola. You are suffering from the effects of this apathy. I need you to roll a d20. Uh, you're looking to get a 10 or higher. I don't. I roll a nine. With a nine, you are unable to act this round. Brigitte, are we going to die here? No way. We're not going to die here. <laughs> We're going to go out in a burning blaze of glory. Brigitte. <laughs> Isn't that dying? <laughs> Brigitte, that is your turn. <laughs> I, I think Brigitte is like uh, literally on fire. Like the girlies are unhinged. Yeah, today. we are. <laughs> the energy is palpable. <laughs> um, you feel your mind is beginning to unravel, Brigitte. You do feel the success and the connection that you have made here. You feel like you've arrived, but you are just so lost in the possibility and power at your fingertips. You begin to cackle and laugh to yourself. Roll a d10 for me. Eight. Eight. The creature uses its action to make a melee attack against a randomly determined creature within its reach. Zola, you are the only creature. That's not true, the tree. Okay. Okay. You'd rather hit the tree. Why don't we roll the d20? Uh, and I'll say 11 or higher, you can hit for the tree. Hit 10 me. or lower, you hit Zola. <laughs> well, it has to be a melee attack. Has to be a melee attack. It's not a spell. You're literally going to swing out at them. Okay. 11. You attack the tree. Go ahead and roll an attack. Your hair is flickering and sparking. You see Pyre still pulling back on Trick, kind of responds and flares a little bit too, and they look your way, very concerned at their partner in all of this. Mm -hmm. At the precipice of success, unraveling. I'll hit with my fists uh, against the tree, and if there's any like flames that flicker off, uh, can we say that any of those flames flicker onto the grass? Yeah, as you slam your fists against the tree, laughing, you can't even tell what's real and what's fake as sparks begin to fly off you and sizzle on the grass nearby and We're the good. tree itself. Is this helping? Um, is this my whole turn? This is your whole turn. I can't do anything. Uh, roll damage. We're all mad <laughs> Two damage. Two damage as you feel there's scorch marks on the tree where you burned into it with your fists. 
you feel suddenly that connection to Promia kind of sours a little bit. There's like a weird unsettling feeling like you may have just kind of crossed a line. Now it is going to be the swarm's turn. This round, more and more of them tumbling through the bodies begin to build up and they're climbing over. They lurch forward and it looks like next turn they will be attacking you. This round they have finally caught up to you, swarming from all sides, clambering forward over their fallen companions. That is going to be the lair action. Um, Everyone here is already fucked up. Uh, so no effect needed. It is now going to be Trick's turn once again. They are going to try and oppose Pyre and try and pull away. Leave me. Don't go, please. We have to all stay together. Would a healing word do anything for this effect on me? I'll tell you right now. If you were, if someone were to use their entire turn to attempt to awaken you from this despair, you will get another chance to roll a wisdom save. But none of us would have the mind to do that because we're all in despair. You'll We've have to roll on your turns to see if we can act. I rolled for trick already. You need to roll an opposed athletics or acrobatics for pyre. Let's go, pyre. Nineteen. Nineteen. <sighs> Pretty close, but. Unfortunately, Trick rolled a 23. Manages to scramble out from underneath Pyre, like letting go of the jacket, allowing them to tear it off as they run towards the undead. That is their entire turn. They are now surrounded by these skeletons that are gripping at them and clawing at them. You see some with weapons, others with their natural claws and teeth attempting to tear away at Trick's form. That is now going to be Zola's turn. Zola? You can roll a d20 at the start of your turn to see if you can bypass this effect, at least for now. Can Stilton give the help action? Can Stilton, like, peck at my hair? Yeah, you know what? I'll let Stilton give the help action. So, again, 2d20, and if you get above a 10, you'll be able to act. Stilton does always find me when I'm lost. Ha! Ha! Trying to tug your attention away from the despair around you. Yes. I rolled a 15. You are allowed to act on this turn. Zola, what would you like to do? You see Trick is fully surrounded by the undead. Some are pushing past and lurching forward towards Pyre. You know that it's only a matter of time before they get to you. I think I feel like a moment, like I'm in a terrible dream. A dream that I've had before, probably most nights watching Trick be torn apart in front of me and feeling like there's nothing that I can do. And then realizing that this is the one moment that I can actually do something and change how things are. And I uh, turn to Brigid, her fists wailing against the tree and then wailing against me. And I hold them still fighting against her and look in her eyes and say, please, they're going to die. We're all going to die. Please, please for him or this is the end. You're using your whole turn to attempt to wake Brigid from this madness. Brigid, it is your turn. You can roll that wisdom save again. And you are still close to the tree, so you get to roll with advantage. You hear your friend's voice cutting through the voices, all filling your head. (gasps) Nat 20. And that is enough to awaken you and clarify your mind. You pull back from that power. <laughs> Look at the peaks. Oh my god! I'm Just a block like of sound. Ah! 
Brigid, you are free to act on this turn. You are you have recovered from the despair. Come back to cognition. I see Zola screaming in my face. I hold their head to my forehead. <sighs> Thank you. <sighs> and I hear Promia's voice echoing in my mind. Think of the Phoenix. I want to like, cast some kind of fiery spell on the place where I know the phoenix flower used to be. Because, like the phoenix, we rise from the ashes, right? Right? So we're going to set something on fire, it's going to turn into ash, there's a flower, it's going to happen. Like, that's what's, that's what's your, that's the game, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, your guess is as good as mine! Like, can I roll to, like, determine if that's, like, the right course of action? I have, like, very little time. Let's make it an insight check. I mean, it's already being watered, so... It's true. You get the flower, I'll get trick. It's going to be a 29. You look and understand that you are a druid of fire and life. You can connect to the plants here and using your fire potentially bring back a flower named after a phoenix that rises after falling. Pyre, to me. Pyre turns their attention away from Trick, who is allowing themselves to be overtaken by this horde, and rushes back to you, flames on them burning as sparks come off of you as well, the power within you raging. I look into Pyre's eyes. I see how brilliant her flames are. I look above and I see the brilliant flames of the tree above me. I look down at the patch of land where I hope for this flower to grow. And I command Pyre, Pyre, flame seed. And I cast at the same time a ninth level plant growth. The seed burns into the ground. The grass begins to rise as you channel all of the life-giving magic you have within you, all of the fire and warmth within your heart. You think of Smite and the rebirth you hope to bring. And a blossom of flame as a stem bursts through the ground, begins to wind up, leaves unfurl. The bulb grows and blossoms open, almost like a torch. This beautiful, beautiful flower. The phoenix flower, once again blooming. Brigitte is ecstatic, and she feels the fire inside of her growing, and she's giddy with excitement. She wonders what color will his eyes be when he comes back to life. That is your turn, Brigid. It is now the Bone Swarm's turn. Even with advantage, which is what they get whenever they are swarming, only is going to hit one time. 24 damage to Trick. And Trick, unfortunately, because of the despair, willingly gives into the grapple as you watch them look back at you one last time, Zola. I'm sorry. No! And all of the bones begin to climb all over them and drag them down. They disappear under the pile of undead that swarms forward. Thankfully for Brigid, you and Pyre are standing directly in the way, so they are unable to, you know, mechanically get to the square and have the reach to hit you, Brigid. But that means all of their attacks are going to go on you and Pyre. So, first one's a 25, second one's a 26, then on Pyre. 14 for Pyre. Does that hit? Yes, it does. Okay. Pyre takes two hits. Zola, you are also going to take two hits. 
49 damage to you, Zola? Nothing to me anymore. 47 damage to Pyre. That is their turn. That is now going to be the lair action. Everyone roll the wisdom saves. You can roll with advantage. Oh, wait. I guess, Zola, you didn't save, so you don't you don't have to roll. You still have the effect. You've oh, been rolling okay. every turn You're to right. see if you can act. That's You're my bad. 22. You successfully resist the despair. Zola, you... Things are changing for the better, but you still... I think that your focus is just on Trick and seeing someone who has sworn to assist you, having been absolutely helpless this whole time. And if it wasn't enough for you to think about how terrifying it is to see that they might die right in this moment, you are also feeling how might they feel in this moment. About how useless they may feel and how embarrassing it is that they had even gone here and put themselves in this position. That is going to be Trick's turn. Trick, I will roll. It's a natural one. Trick continues to stay there. That is going to be Zola's turn. How many feet away from me did Trick go down? I see that bone pile on top of them. 30 feet away. Okay. First roll to see if you can overcome the apathy. Not 20! Yes! That is very, very good, my friend. You are able to act this turn. Seeing where Trick went down in that pile of bone, I will misty step right into the grapple myself. Your Eye of Groom focuses in and flares. You see for a brief moment amongst all of the bone, the black leather of Trick's outfit, and you reappear. Some of the skeletons are blasted off from the effect, but they swarm forward and begin to tear into you. Uh, You have your action. I grab Trick by the face as we're getting jumbled and shoved up against each other, and I say, not today, not today. And uh, I would like to try and first, like, break out of the pile of skeletons above us, like, shove them away. Can I use one of my shove attacks? Go ahead and roll an opposed athletics check. Okay. Fuck talking. (laughs) 27. 23 on their roll. You manage to pull Trick back. Trick looks at you and goes, what are you doing? What's the point in saving me? I'm already dead. It's just kind of what I do. And shoving Trick behind me, I will just try and hold off these forces glancing behind me to see what Brigitte is doing but not really able to because of all the chaos and just seeing fire and smoke and ash and crumbling bones around me. Rain pouring down as well. I stand sentinel in front of Trek at the mouth of this grove and uh, just defend us and our mission against these undead and I pull out the tusk and start knocking heads off. Just the metal music begins to play. Doom, <laughs> doom music begins to play as you kick one skeleton, swing the tusk out, and knock one apart. First is a 27. 27 will hit. And the second is a 23. Both of those are going to hit. 18 damage total with my two attacks. Okay. Can I action surge? <laughs> You know you don't gotta ask me. Go right ahead. You, again, it's like the doom music kicks in and you're just thrashing against this swarm, holding Trick back as they look to you. Even though the despair has not lifted, they, you can tell that they are shocked that someone would step in to defend them. And more importantly, that you, their killer, would step in and defend their new life. I swing three more times on the advancing undead. 26, dirty 20, and 32. 
All three of those are gonna surprisingly hit. <laughs> Another 18 damage. Brigid, I think we have to go. Shattering skeletons left and right. The uh, like a zombie like leaps on top of you, and you literally catch them on your blade, and with a single swing, like split their body in two and knock a bunch of other skeletons over as you're just raging against these people, protecting Trick. I'm like covered in the white dust of like powdery bones that have exploded. And there's also eyelashes and bangs. Splatters of like black ooze from these undead. (laughs) It's just like this range of decaying creatures absolutely being demolished by you. Um, That is going to be your turn, Zola. It is now Brigid's turn. Brigid, the flower blooms before you. I dig my fingers into the earth around the flower. I close my eyes and try and channel this tree and Promia as I very humbly ask for this blessing and look for their guidance on how to harvest safely. Give me a persuasion check with advantage. Actually, I'm sorry. It's just going to be a flat persuasion roll because you did kind of punch the tray. Uh, yes. And in my <laughs> humility and gratitude, I apologize. I was just a little I upset. lost my mind a little bit there. Don't mind me. Um, that's only going to be a seven. Okay. You look for guidance and find none. The only thing you have at your disposal in terms of knowing how to harvest this thing is to literally cut it from the ground just like the previous keeper did in your vision. Did I get a sense from my previous vision if that was, like, good or bad? Like, uncouth? Yeah, I guess give me an insight check. I'll let you have this. If this is the last check I can give you before it's going to eat away at your action economy. Sure, it's a 24. Okay, a 24. Brigid, you understand you're a druid. You're a keeper of the wildfire. You You understand the value of both life and death. I think you know that... You cutting this flower is not going to kill it, necessarily. Like, it it looks like, I mean, you were able to bring it back, Mm -hmm. even though it was cut. And you think that maybe it is possible that you could remove it without it, like, ruining it for anybody in the future who may stumble across this grove, if that's even possible. Right. I think that I hope that its proximity to this tree and keeping the root system intact will help it to one day blossom again if and I uh, I try and reach out again to the tree to Promia to apologize in an apologetic way you do remember from your vision that that there was a lot of sort of praying in apology and in gratefulness so yes so in prayer I try and communicate that if all goes well I will be back I will help as much as I can to restore this place. And I cut the flower down. You make this promise and you feel a sort of, for the first time in a long time, because of the nature of your immunity to fire at this point, you feel a weird burning feeling and look at your wrist and you see that almost like a tattoo of briars has now wrapped around your wrist. You understand that you have just made a deep promise to a very powerful being and that you will have to follow through on succeeding in this mission or your soul may be lost. I am excited about the prospect of following through on this. I use a little thorn whip cantrip in a very small way to cut the flower down and uh, store it safely on my person. 
That is going to be your turn. It is now going to be the. Oh, can I have my bonus action? Yes, you absolutely can have a bonus action. Um, you don't got to even ask me. In fact, I apologize for denying you of your bonus action. So, in the event that Zola uh, gets her arms around Trick, and I know Zola is a willing creature, can I command Pyre to run into the fray, teleport them closer to me? You think that it will kind of come down to Zola's ability to persuade Trick that they are worth saving. Sure. Well, I'm willing to take that chance. So you can say maybe Pyre will hold action yeah. to teleport if it seems possible. Pyre, bring them to me. That is going to be your turn. It is now the Bone Swarm. They are fully piling onto you now, Zola. Um, you, I'm going to say that because you're pushing Trick behind you and kind of holding them back, you are going to take the full force of the attacks. Yes. I have deja vu big right now. Okay, first one, that was pretty low. That's only an 18. I'm going to shield. You throw up an arcane barrier as one leaps over the crowd and just splatters and explodes against the shield. Um, next attack. Oh, my God. Garbaggio. Good. Let's see if I can roll better. Okay, that's going to be a 27 to hit, so that will hit. 26 damage, and I also need you to give me an opposed grapple check. Okay. Athletics, no? That is correct. 29. Okay, you once again beat them. They attempt to pull you down and swarm onto you, but you are just a fucking whirling dervish channeling your Captain Sticks energy as you cut them down before they can even get to you. Um, that is their turn, and we are back to the top with the lair action. Brigid, you're the only person who needs to roll this. Give me a wisdom saving throw. You do get to roll um, with advantage, with advantage of my because of the tree. And because you have apologized profusely to the tree. <laughs> Advantage from apology. Looking at my new tattoo, I'm kind of stoked. Smite's gonna think that's really hot. (laughs) Double 19. You successfully, you shake off this. There's, there's nothing that could make you feel despair anymore. You have succeeded. There's nothing that can stop you and the fire within you. Um, I'm gonna pluck my friends from the bone zone, and we're gonna go home. That is Trick's turn. I'm gonna roll to see. Um, how they act. That is a 17. They can act on their turn. Um, Get back to Brigid. We're leaving. Give me a persuasion check, Zola. Thank you. It's so nice of you to let me do that. (laughs) Silent screaming, shaking their hands right now. 17! 17! (laughs) So good for me. You see Trick is... Again, still feeling the despair and hope, hopelessness, but they are so in such shock that you have leapt to their defense that though they have succeeded in to like move past the apathy to act on this round, that's manifesting as them being willing for you to like take them. And so as you say that, Pyre looks to Trick and looks to you, bites onto their cape, bites onto you, and <laughs> burst of flame teleports you just a little bit closer right next to Brigid. That is... Trick's turn. It is now your turn, Zola. Please roll to see if you can bypass the apathetic effect on you. Uh, no, I don't. Seven. Briefly pulled back from the hordes of skeletons, but still feeling like cold in all the areas that their bony fingers have touched me. Feeling kind of confused on where and when we are. I'm know that we have to get out of here and I'm padding my pockets thinking that I'm going to find my old conjuration shard. We have to... I don't know where it is. We have to... I don't know where it is. 
panicked and lost, not realizing that it isn't your shard that brought you here. You feel your mind slipping into that despair once more. Uh, that is going to be your turn, Brigid. I activate the plane stone. I touch the the tree. I gather everyone towards me in a big, like, huddle hug. And I say, it's okay, Zola. It's okay. We're getting out of here. Trick, are you okay? You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> And I create this portal and try and push everyone through. Okay. Give me a check using your spellcasting modifier. Okay. That's a 14. You watch as this doorway begins to open the green swirling magic of this portal. You usher your friends through and you all stumble out into snow. You look around you're surrounded by massive evergreen trees. Zola, you immediately recognize you guys have accidentally transport via planted all the way to the Wilda Winter Wood. And it looks like you're very deep into it because it's springtime and there's still a ton of snow here. And that's like out of the jungle, way, way north. Yeah, you are like like thousands and thousands We're of miles away from Elder Green Haven. to Afanage. Does our uh, despair break? It does indeed. You begin to feel the feeling. Honestly, what happens is you begin to realize that you've succeeded. It doesn't matter how hopeless it felt. You won. Mom, wait. No. We're in, Where are we're we? in the Wilder Winter Wood. This is near Afanash, and we have to I'm sorry. try again. No, it's okay. Oh my god, I grab Trick and just hug them hard. Just happy oh. to see alive people. Pyre, in the center! We all gather around Pyre, who's on fire. <laughs> um, I'll help. I have some practice. Can I try and, now that I am, um, the fog of despair has lifted, try and kind of, so familiar now with holding plain stones and shards and uh, these wild magic abilities, I um, grab Brigitte's hand and kind of tighten it around the plain stone. I go, tight, so it can't get away from you. Okay. I'm going to say that this is actually going to be Zola channeling their energy into this. Zola, you can roll a check using your spellcasting modifier. You are going to be casting teleport. Can okay. I give the help and action? You can be, and you can roll with advantage because you're both working together on this. Okay. Teleport. My favorite spell. At least I have Featherfall stocked. <laughs> <laughs> and you're relatively familiar. You're trying to get back to Eldergreen oh, yeah. Haven. So this the window of failure is a little bit smaller here. Crash us into my mom's office. <laughs> okay. Um, office of Cardamom Wild Spice. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Um. That's plus my spell modifier, right? Yes. It'll be funny. Come on. She'll really think it's funny. I'm like high right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> that is pretty funny. 22. 22 is a <laughs> absolute success. Give me a D100 roll. <laughs> All right. Ooh, can I do one? Please. Grab uh, the 10. Ooh, my love. Here I go. I think it's this one. Yeah. 93. 93. The world spins around you storm brewing as the blizzard rages. Magic has changed since you left. You realize that perhaps at one point this would be an automatic success, but because of the weakness in the weave, you have to really focus, and together you watch as the plainstone glows yellow, and the world spins and spins and spins, and you disappear. And reappear 
in Cardamom Wild Spice's <laughs> office. Yes. You crash in. Her desk is destroyed. I knock over the mini fridge of potions. The potions clatter and, and shatter on the ground. Uh, you have successfully returned to Elder Green Haven. Mom! Mom! Hi, Mrs. Wild Spice. You see, standing in the doorway holding a cup of tea is Cardamom Wild Spice. <laughs> oh, dear. I... I did it! Mom, look, I got it! That... Sweetie, that's amazing! She puts the cup of tea down and rushes <laughs> forward and wraps her arms around you. I... I am so proud of you. Are, are you okay? Are you all okay? And she looks around and is like checking you, sees you're injured. Oh my, you're all a bit scuffed up. Um, and she begins to conjure up some healing magic and is going to cast Cure Wounds on you and Trick, um, bringing you back to full health as she burns through several slots to essentially ensure that you are all healed. Your wounds begin to close as you take a breath and settle. You have succeeded in your mission to retrieve the phoenix flower. Do I get my hit points back too? Yes, you are also healed. <laughs> um, seeing Brigitte have this moment with her mother, I am kind of kneeling um, away from the action of it all and uh, check in on Trek. You scared me there. I, I just, it all feels so confusing. I don't understand why I'm back. I don't understand why they've let me come back. I know you don't know yet if you want to be alive. But I really, really do. I really want you to try not to die. Just try, okay? Give me a persuasion check with advantage. We don't do inspiration in the show, do we? <laughs> That's what advantage if is. If you get the title, if you put the title in, then you get the I, I give you advantage when you use the title appropriately. You see, I grimace and go, all right, you can have advantage. You use the title. With my minus one, my earnest, foolhardy teen self begging this person who has probably seen and known so much more than me and probably has so much more reason to not want to be here but just that love of life and youth gets me to a 16 <sighs> Trick who has been kind of not meeting your eyes this whole time finally looks to you their white eyes wide why did you save me? I saw it the first time I met you. Some people in this world, they have all the choice, all the power. And then some of us, we're just in it. We don't get to choose. And I wanted to choose for you. They think for a moment, reflecting as Cardamon talks with Brigan and begins to discuss the various ways that they'll be need needing to use this flower. Listen. And I look over at Brigid and Cardamom um, talking over their tea excitedly, and I message Trick, and I go, if you want to be alive, say it now, because I think there's a self downstairs that could maybe help you. Give me another persuasion check with advantage. Okay, you tricksy tricks. <laughs> Another 16. I 
I don't even know what that would mean for me. We get you strong. We find Tinder Dick. We call off the contract. We find Mestra and the Shard. We save the world. And then you get to go home. Or find Fiddle. Whatever you want to do. You get the choice. We both get the choice. A sly smile begins to break across their face. You said you're good at stealing stuff, right? The best. Look to Brigid and Cardamon. Look back to you. And message you back. When would be appropriate? Tonight, we're going to try and revive Smite. Afterwards, whether it works or not, everyone will need to rest. While they're sleeping. Trick nods. I want to live. Whatever that means. I want it. Good. Looking over at Brigid, Brigid, your mother excitedly taking the flower in her hands. Marvelous work, dear. You are incomparable. I will be able to construct a salve from this in but a few hours. Will you teach me? Yes, I would, I would love to. I mean, it's a rare thing that we would be able to attempt this again, but it's good knowledge to know, and it's powerful healing magic that one of your ability should be familiar with. And the salve has... How has it been used in the past? What's the ritual like? I myself was not present for anything that was done before, and though the salve that was created last time was unused, as the person who was to be reincarnated did not wish to return. My understanding is that we bring the body into the sanctuary. I will prepare the various substances required and the salve which we will apply and then together we must loan our power and offer something to the soul to entice them to return. <sighs> I am so proud of you all. I know that this will work. I know it. Me too. It was all Brigid. <laughs> it was all Brigid. No way. It was all of us together. There were a couple times. Mom, I have to tell you how bleak of a situation it is. Brigid was punching the tree a lot. Not oh, even just... That's a good look, honey. No, I apologized. Um, I thought that was part of it. <laughs> it was very confusing. No, I was absolutely out of my mind. <laughs> You're going through a lot. I, I know, I know, it's really bad. But anyway. <laughs> the area that surrounds the burned grove is lost. That is what I feared. I know Barbarashi is working hard in her neck of the woods. Pardon the pun. But it's only a matter of time before the infection spreads further and further than we can manage. I show her my wrist where this tattoo is. She grabs your wrist and takes a closer look. I made a promise. We have to fix this somehow. Well, normally I would be horrified that you got a tattoo and that it's... <laughs> but it's, like, sick. But the fact that I'm so sure that you will succeed in that goal means that I am not worried that you have made such a powerful promise. 
It will be done. The promise is all that I am. It is what all of us are. We have all vowed to protect life here in the jungles. You have my support. Baba was canon napping while all of this happened. <laughs> she was taking her old lady nap. <laughs> because of because her power relies on death and decay, and this inherently is a death and decay infection, she really just has to be like concretely meditating, which is basically for her just like falling asleep in place and staying connected to the fungal network. I was network. chanting. I was just chanting with my eyes shut. <laughs> um, uh, yes, Brigid, you see that the path forward must include you eliminating the threat far south. Mom, please don't tell anyone in the council that we went and we did this. If I am asked about it, I will have to answer honestly. Do you think it serves us to have them know that we that we went? Is it is it helpful to give them this information? I that this power still exists? I'm I I don't think it is. To be completely honest, my understanding of the council's decisions regarding the Phoenix Flower and the salve that's created, most of them are split on how they feel about it being used. Many believe that death is a natural part of life and that this is a disrespect to that. Others see it as an opportunity, but I think introducing it would only bring more conflict. And the meeting that was called would be better used to try and reunite us than divide us. I will do my best to keep this under wraps. Okay. For now, why don't you come with me? We'll work on the salve. And- I look over at Zola, excited. <sighs> We're going to do this. Brigitte starts to think about what she'll even say. I'm going to tell Marfin that we're back and then um, maybe sleep a little because I am all burnt out of my spells. Okay, that sounds good. Do you I... need, need any help with the salve? If you want a shadow. Uh, I might not be any help. Just to learn. You love that. You love learning. Yeah. I'm really tired. Okay. But I'll I'll try and pop in. I'll take notes and I'll let you have them. Okay. Thanks, Brigid. I know you can do this. And it's so clear to me now how you are just so much like your mom. You're going to be really powerful one day. Thank you. You already are so powerful, darling. And she pinches your cheek a little bit. Okay, goes, that's not... No. Come with me. And she um, heads into the library. I feel like in this moment, this brief conversation that we're having calls for a deception on my part and an insight on your part. I, are you feeling that? Yep. I Big agree. Time. How about you roll deception? I'm going to say you can roll with advantage because Brigitte has no reason to suspect that you'd be lying. And Brigitte, I'm going to say you're going to roll insight with disadvantage because you're kind of caught up in the moment here. You're very excited about the prospect. And truly, that's your main focus. You're not really looking to see if your friend is legitimately excited for you. You also, know that I've she is. I've never known uh, Zola to lie to me. It's true. So disadvantage, you said? Disadvantage. I rolled a nat one and a nat 20. <gasps> Holy shit. Oh my god. Advantage on your deception check. What did you get on your insight? Um, um, With disadvantage, I rolled a 16. You have nothing to suspect of your ally here. <sighs> okay. So it looks tired. Talk to Barfin and um, take a nap and um, we'll check back in before tonight. Okay. Okay. 
Thank you so much. Thank you for risking everything to help you. to help me, to help Smite. It's so great that we don't have to do anything not above board to make this happen and that we can just get him back. <laughs> Love ya. Love you. I give Zola the biggest hug. Zola, for the first time, you want to leave this hug so bad. <laughs> you, the um, denying your friend the truth. Oof. I want to leave the hug, but also I have this, like, battle in my stomach as Brigid is hugging me. And I kind of lay my head down on her shoulder and really nestle in. Wondering if I'm making the wrong call here, but then just thinking about the possibility of bringing this plan to Brigid and Brigid saying no of thinking that trick isn't worth it and I think that 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 argument would probably bring everything toppling down and so Zola just tries to kind of put it out of her mind and just feel like this warmth and friendship from Brigid worrying that the time where things are open and transparent between them might be over and maybe she won't be forgiven. You savor this moment thinking of what you've promised and that's where we'll end our episode today. <laughs> Thank Come you on. so much for listening to this episode of Try Not To Die. for a little bit longer? <laughs> Thank you especially to our Eldritch patrons. If you'd like to become one of them, go to patreon.com slash try not to die pod. And also, of course, a shout out to Michael Gelfi, Sword Coast Soundscapes, and freesound.org, the powerful other eldritch beings that provide us with all the sound effects for this show. Any plugs? Follow us on all the things at Try Not to Die Pod. We have a TikTok now. Um, it would really help if you followed us there. Um, right now, we have 11 followers, and they're my favorite 11 people. Yes. <laughs> Thank you to the 11 of you. Those are our 11 best friends, so if you want to be one of them. <laughs> Including you guys. Um, and please follow us and share. Um, now is really the time where turning to your friend and saying, hey, I really know this amazing show, and I think that you would like it. It's called Try Not to Die Pod. That would really help us. It would absolutely mean the world. And hey, you know, we have that interlude episode, the story so far. That's the perfect thing to send their way. Arc recaps on our website. We're yes. also putting up episode recaps now. So if you are listening to this and wanting to revisit Paddlewick before you before we go back there and you don't have time to listen to the whole arc, all of those are up now. You can read about the whole first season. <sighs> I am so excited. I think you guys are going to enjoy this last arc. It is already shaping up to be a doozy. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to plug, obviously, our Patreon. And, of course, go and follow me on Twitch, Noah the Infuriator. I just hit Twitch affiliate status, baby. So, uh, you know, that might mean I get a tiny, tiny, teensy, tiny bit of income. So um, (laughs) please go and check me out. I'm trying to stream pretty much every Friday. That schedule might change a little bit because there's just so much going on right now. But Mm I am... Definitely streaming every single week. So, and you're going to be starting Breath of the Wild soon, right? That is correct. I was thinking of um, tomorrow yeah. is Monday, the first of May. You will not be hearing this, so that will be the past. <laughs> but know that I've already started streaming Breath of the Wild. Go check it out on Twitch. Go check it out on Twitch, and also on my YouTube page, Know the Infuriator. There as well, I post all my streams there, so you can definitely check it out there if you miss the stream and the posts about it. And I'm going to plug all of our friends who are. Um, listening diligently and who are 
um, so supportive of the show. We really love you so, 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 so much. So much. Some of our friends are going through a tough time right now. Some of our friends are going through happy times. But to all of you, we really appreciate um, all of your support and continued listening to the show. Uh, it means the world to us and makes us feel so supported and happy um, and to keep going and doing all of this. So thank you again. Um, so yeah, that's just my plug for the power of friendship. Mm-hmm, Something that mm-hmm. is so strong and this good to have honest and good fails. love in <laughs> friendships. <laughs> Um, and not betray them in any sort of way. <laughs> yeah, no, I share those values as well. Yeah. Lisa, we do. the person. <laughs> I think that's the perfect note to end on. Thank you once again for listening. And until next time, try, try not, not to, to die. die. <laughs> All hail our eldritch patrons. Especially Anita, Any Major Dude, Ashley, Becca B, Colleen, Eclair, Alana, Emily, Grace, Hope, Jacob, James, Jeff, Joey, Kate, Katie, Leo, May, Morgan, Nat, Nicola, Paige, Patrick, Roni, Sahara, and of course, our producer Patty, Patrick Bronstetter, and producer Daddies, Drew Bailey, Sam Golden, Becca Mount, and Rose Evelyn Campbell. We thank you for these podcasting powers and promise to raise hell in your names. Till next time, try not to die.